Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, so remember that new canon novel I mentioned in last week's video regarding how Luke crashed a Star Destroyer on Jakku? Well, the complete book is here, and today I'd like to cover the full extension of that video. However, we won't cover so much on Jakku, rather we will go more in depth and detailed on just how the Empire viewed Luke after Return of the Jedi, but before the last Jedi. The book is narrated by regular folk of the galaxy, mainly by a group of different people, all exchanging stories, myths, and legends of Luke that they've heard over the years as they fly to Canto Bight. The casino that we'll see in The Last Jedi, which I do believe is owned by Snoke, but that's just my theory. Picking up from the last video, which I can link for you at the end of this one, a fleet of Star Destroyers are brought down by Luke, and everything is narrated from the point of view of one Imperial crew member as he watches Luke and describes him as a god. Here we go. He was real, a glowing figure of sorcery and magic. He floated in space, his feet astride the stars, his cape billowing with an arcane power that could not be understood by mere mortals. He leapt from rebel star cruiser to rebel star cruiser, his flaming sword at the ready. A star destroyer focused all its cannons on him and carelessly he deflected the shots with graceful swings. He launched himself from a cruiser, tucked his legs under him and tumbled through space shooting bolts of energy from his sword in every direction. Star Destroyer after Star Destroyer disintegrated under this unnatural assault. It was impossible, it was unbelievable, yet it was true. The Jedi was dispatching capital ships with his sword of magic alone. Tired of his game, the Jedi suddenly put away his shining sword. He swung his arms and reached for the Imperial fleet with his bare hands. And thin strands of crackling energy emerged from his palms like a fishing net cast into the ocean that was the galaxy. The glowing strands reached the ships and ensnared them, and the Jedi laughed like a child playing by the sea hauling the ships in like so many flopping fish. He cast them down toward Jakku. He was a god playing with toys, except that the toys were city-sized structures of steel and held tens of thousands of lives. This is why we lost. He has come. The avenging Jedi who can cast starships down from the heavens with a sword of light. 
Now, this book is the canon source that is recommended to be read before we do see The Last Jedi, as it helps us understand how Luke is perceived. I will tell you, as I'm not sponsored by this book or anything for that matter, I am slightly let down by it, as I thought the entire book would be filled with Luke's adventures, as they've done a really good job at keeping his story vague here. Until, at least after The Last Jedi comes out, then maybe we'll get a book just on his adventures between Episode 6 and 8. It seems as if Disney is really trying to sell us on the idea of a dark and maniacal power-crazed Luke Skywalker, or at least from the perception of most people carrying the story. My theory on this story is that this could either be a complete fabrication of the narrator's mind, or he indeed did truly see exactly what he is describing without massive embellishment at all, and Luke has harnessed the dark side in order to fully understand all aspects of the Force. That would make sense seeing as how we constantly see him flow between the light and dark in new pictures and posters. Not to mention all the sentences that they say in the trailers and in headings about the light meeting the dark. Now, the idea of Luke breathing in space and wielding his lightsaber around the stars, deflecting laser cannon fire from Star Destroyers, is a little bit too far-fetched for me. But that's something I could imagine a very angry dark side Luke would be able to do. While I do think Luke has learned some new abilities, such as how he can now allegedly breathe underwater in The Last Jedi, however, to fly through space like a god, I don't know, that's just entering the levels of the old legends before Disney took over, and Luke was just really overpowered at that time. Either way, it is interesting stuff, to say the least. As always, I want to know what you guys think about this. Do you think Luke could really do all that is said by this soldier, or is it just a tall tale for story's sake? and this is why Ray claims that Luke is a myth. Let me know, and I will see you all in the next episode of Star Wars Theory. Until then, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, remember, the Force will be with you. Always.